John. Okay, so in this week's Pasha, <coughs> in Pasha Shlach, we have one of the most tragic moments of Jewish history. The Talmud tells us in Tractate Tainus on page 29a, the Talmud says, Batisa Kola Eda When the whole congregation had decided on the news that they heard from the spies, they all cried, Vayifku Ha'am Belayla Ha'hu. And the nation cried that night. That's a verse from this week's Pasha. So they cried that night. Amar Rava, Amar Rabba, Amar Yochanan. Rabba said in the name of Rav Yochanan. Tisha B'av Haya. This was the night of Tisha B'av. It was the ninth of the ninth month of the ninth of Av. Amalem Akurj Borhu, Hashem said, Atem Bakhis and Bakhiashinam, you have cried for no reason. You have cried a cry for no reason. Vani Kovelachem Bakhiladoros. And I will make this for you a crying for all generations. And as the Mishnah tells us in on, in the same tractate, on page twenty six B, the the Mishnah says that on that evening it was decreed upon those people in this week's Pasha that they would not enter the land of Israel on Tisha B'Av. Also, the first and the second Beis HaMikdash were destroyed on this evening, on the night of Tisha B'Av. And Betar was conquered, and the city was plowed. And we know that all sorts of terrible things have befallen the, the, the Jewish people on Tisha B'Av. We know that the expulsion from Spain was on Tisha B'Av. So this is moment, this moment is one of the most tragic moments in Jewish history. As a result of the actions of the people of the time, 3,319 years ago, the result reverberated for generations. So this evening I'd like to try to understand a little bit of what happened, and perhaps maybe we can uh, uh, learn for the future for ourselves and how to how to conduct ourselves in our relationship with Hashem. So the first thing is, is that the, Torah, the, the Pasha opens with a command from Hashem. Hashem gives the following command. He says, Vaydaber Hashem al Moshe, Lemo, Hashem spoke to Moshe saying, Shlach Anoshim, you should send for yourselves men. The Asura is Eretz Canaan, they should spy out the land of Canaan, Hashem, Ni Noisim, Lovne Israel, that I give to the Jewish people, Ishachad, Ishachad, Lamateh, Lamateh Avosov. There has to be a man from every tribe. Tishluchu kol nasi bohem, send every single one. So the Pasha opens up with a command, with an instruction from Hashem to send the, <coughs> to send the spies to spy out the land to see if it's good. We all know the story. The Jewish people traveled out of Mitzrayim. They came to the threshold, to the borders of Eretz Israel, to the borders of the land of Israel, and they were going to go in under Hashem's instruction because He promised them that this is where He's going to take them. So Hashem said, gave them a command at the beginning of this Pasha that you should send spies to go into the land to see what kind of land it is. Moshe gave them instructions to see if it's good, to see if it's fortified, if it's not fortified, etc. We know the story. So the Talmud is bothered by, in Tractate Sota, page 34b, the Talmud is bothered by, why does it say you should send for yourselves men? Shlach l'cha. 
You should send for yourselves, man. So the Talmud says, Amr Roshlokish, Roshlokish says, you've said, Shlach Lecha Medaitecha. You should send for yourselves, from your own volition, from your own, uh, from your own choice. So what does that mean? Rashi in this week's Pasha, at the beginning of the Pasha, explains exactly what this means. Ani, Eni Mitzavalecha. Hashem says, this is not a command. Even though it appears from the simple meaning of the text that Hashem is giving a command, says Rashi, this is not a command. Right? This is not a command. If you want, you could send a man. You don't have to send a man, but if you want, you can. Because the Jewish people came and they said, let's send the people, let's send people to spy out. Right? As it says, you all came to me. Rashi holds that we have to read the, the recollection of the story of the spies in this week's Pasha together with the recollection of the story of the spies in Pasha's Dvarim where, where Moshe gives the Jewish people rebuke and there he says, you have all come in front of me and said, let's send men. Here it doesn't say that in, this, in, in the Pasha, but it says it in Pasha's Dvarim. So Rashi is putting it together. The whole story is, is not in this Pasha, but the whole story is a picture together with Pasha's Dvarim. The first Pasha in Deuteronomy. So you all came to me and you said, let's send men. Right? So, Hashem, so Moshe came to the Divine Presence and he said, so what do you think about this? Should, we send, should I send the men or should I not send the men? So, Hashem's response was, I told you the land was good. Shinem, as it says in Exodus 3:17, I will take you out of the affliction of Egypt. Right? This is—I I swear to you that I will give you a place to make a mistake. In order that you should not inherit the land. So here you see that Moshe made the decision on his own. You should send for yourself. You should send for yourself. Don't send. Don't send because I commanded you, but you can make the choice. You want to send, send. So that's what Moshe did. Moshe sent. What did Hashem say? What was Hashem bothered by? Hashem was bothered by, right? Hashem was bothered by, I told you the land was good. And you didn't trust me. So what is, according to Rashi's opinion, what uh, what was the problem? The problem was that the Jewish people did not trust they did not trust that the land was good. Even though God himself told them that the land was good, they did not trust him. There was a, it was a lack of trust. This is what happened. The Jewish people did not trust Hashem. It was a lack of trust. <coughs> the Ramban is, has a very lengthy discussion. He, he disagrees with Rashi. His opinion is completely different. The Ramban says that, that they decided to send spies. Right? They decided to send spies. And their problem, the reason why they decided to send spies is because they did not trust in Hashem's providence. For whatever reason, right? They did not trust that the way that Hashem split the, the Red Sea for them, the way that He did, pre- prevented miracles for them in Mitzvahim. They did not trust that that was going to happen again. So they sent spies to spy out the land, see if they can conquer it, see if it's strong, fortified, whatever, where they can wage war. That's what they did. Right? Hashem tried to change the situation by changing their perspective, says the Ramban. He gave a command that ignored their whole decision. He ignored their decision to send spies to spy out the land. He gave them a command. The command was, the command was, 
go see the land, see how good it is, so that the spies can come back and say, oh, wow, right, what a great place this is, right, um, it has beautiful fruit, and it's, it's, it's wonderful, he wanted to change their perspective so that they could be excited where they're going. For example, you know, uh, if we go to uh, San Diego, we go to SeaWorld. So we'll send, uh, we'll send Evan to go there first, and Evan will tell us, you know, Shamu uh, does uh, flips, whatever. It's, it's great, it's exciting, and then they have all kinds of shows, and you can see all kinds of animals, right? So, so then he comes back and tells us the report, and now we're going to get into the van or on the airplane or whatever it is. We're going to travel to go to SeaWorld, Mark Evan and SeaWorld. Oh, uh, yes. Okay, good. So, yeah, they have a two-for-one sale now, right? So we're all excited because Evan told us how wonderful it is over there, right? So the Jewish people decided that they want to go. They want to go and, and, and wage war. They didn't trust in Hashem's prov- uh, providence. So they, they thought that uh, he wasn't going to do it for whatever reason, that he wasn't going to do it, right? So Hashem tried to change their perspective. He gave a command that was independent, of, he gave a command that was independent of their decision making to try to get them to be excited about it to try to be, get them to be excited about the land of Israel that it's really a beautiful place for them to go and maybe change their minds this is the way the Ramban learns so the Ramban learns just in short that this Pasha and Pasha's Dvorim are two separate stories this Pasha is Hashem's command to try to change their perspective about how beautiful Sea World is how, how nice it is the Pasha and Dvorim is their decision their, what they wanted to do what they wanted to do because they didn't trust in Hashem's providence. Okay? So this is, this is the, this is first, this is the first point of our discussion. The first point is, is that what they did was, is they did for whatever reason, inexplicable, for whatever reason, they decided, right, that the land is not good, even though Hashem himself told them that it was. See, what is good. It's a good place. Right? They decided that it's not good. Number one. Number two is they decided for whatever reason that it's not going to work. They're, they're just not, you know, they were scared. They got scared that the, the, the divine providence wasn't going to be there to save them. Whoever you're going to go like. This was the, the, the decision. This was, this was number one. This was number, the, the number one or, or two, one and two, uh, issue in the Pasha. The number one perspective between Rashi and, between Rashi and, and the Rambam. Okay. <clears throat> so the question is really, Rabbi Yechesko Levenstein asks, the question really is, is that how is this possible? How is it possible? How is it possible for, 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 for these people to make such a mistake? How is it possible? They weren't in... They weren't in the in the trium. They didn't see the miracles. They didn't see the split, the, the 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 sea being split. They didn't see the blood. They didn't see any of this stuff. They didn't see uh, themselves traveling through the desert and being led by a pillar of fire and a and a, and a pillar of, a, a cloud. All the miraculous uh, tellings of the st- they didn't see any of that. How do they decide? How do they decide that? that Hashem is not going to protect them. When they stood at the, at, at the foot of the Red Sea, and, Hashem, and, and Moshe declared to them, Hashem yulochem lochem ve'atem tachlishin. You should, Hashem will fight for you, and you'll be quiet. And then they saw the water split in front of them. How could they come? How could they come to such a, how could they come to such a conclusion? How is it possible? 
This is the question that he asks. You, Mark, you have a suggestion for us? You're not sitting next to me. I cannot pick. I can't pick any of that. Mark, you have a suggestion for us? Man, how's it possible? How could it be such a thing? How could it be? Well, we've seen it before with the mon. Well, we've seen it before with the mon. So they have a pattern. Yeah. Fine. So okay, but how? But how could it be? The error of Rob. It wasn't their fault. It was somebody else's fault. They were the, there were there were people there that were inciting them. I hear. It's just it, it's an unbe- it's it's an unbelievable it's an unbelievable uh, presentation, right? It's an unbelievable presentation that we 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 can't come to terms even on a simple reading of the text of of how is it how is it that the, 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 that they came to this conclusion? Okay, so Rabbi Chesko Levenstein wants to say the following answer. He wants to say that, as we know, the Talmud tells us in Kiddushah, we've mentioned this many times, the Talmud tells us in Tractate Kiddushah on page 30b, if I'm not mistaken, the Talmud says that, that, that a, a person, we all have, again, one more time, we all have our physical selves and we all have our spiritual selves. And our spiritual selves drives us to do spirituality and our physical selves drives us to do physicality. As Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutzato explains in his book, The Way of God, at length, that we have every single moment we face a test in our lives and that's the way it goes. So the, 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 the power of the Yetzirah, so to speak, or the power of our mundane selves is so strong, it is so powerful that it's impossible to overcome. In other words, our desire for self-gratification our desire for having nice things, our desire for um, having the pleasures in life, of, of, of having comfort, living in a nice area, having, uh, having the things that we want, right? Our, 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 uh, our drive for these things is so powerful that it's impossible to overcome. There is no way for a human being to overcome that on, under any circumstances. There's no, that we, we can't, we don't have a reservoir of willpower that we are able to muster to overcome ourselves. The, 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 uh, I'm sure that many of us can think of countless, countless situations of where this is, this is the reality, this is true. Um, I know that, you know, sometimes I have to wake up very early in the morning because of, of, uh, of where I travel. So, um, so I, I, you know, usually I don't have a problem waking up early in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, whatever it may be, a quarter to five in the morning, because uh, I know that if I don't wake up at that time, uh, the plane is going to leave and they're not going to wait for me. They're not gonna, th- it's not going to help to tell them that I slept late. The plane, I learned this by experience, the plane leaves. <laughs> you know, the, late, the, 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 the people make the announcement. They say, they say, they say something like, uh, um, Ladies and gentlemen, this is the final boarding call for flight 282 to uh, Kalamazoo, uh, Michigan. Uh, the gates will be closed in five minutes, and your uh, reservation is subject to cancellation. Okay? And then two minutes later, they call out, the door is closing. And I know, I know from experience, the, the door closed. Once the door closed, you could stand by the window, you watch the plane, they don't let you on no matter what, it just doesn't go. It doesn't work. So I have no problem. I have no problem waking up because I know it's straight right there. You don't wake up, no plane, and then it's money, and then whatever, right? That's the issue. But um, but if I didn't have such a such a rigorous uh, justice uh, uh, overshadowing my uh, my behavior, 
then perhaps maybe I would wake up a little later, right, because I'm tired and whatever it may be, uh, and, and uh, I didn't have enough sleep last night, and uh, uh, I have a lot, uh, a lot ahead of my day, and I need the energy, etc., right? So, so the desire for me to, the desire for me to be a little bit more, to get a little bit more sleep is impossible to overcome. I have all kinds of excuses. I got a repertoire of them, right? And it's impossible for me to overcome it. Just not possible. I have no power to overcome. I'm too biased. I'm too rooted in myself. I will wake up late. And whatever excuse comes afterwards will come, will, will come afterwards. Right? That's the way it is. That's what the, the Talmud says. Impossible. We cannot conquer ourselves for anything except if Hashem helps. If Hashem helps, then we can conquer. So every time we do something, it's, the, it's like the poem with the footprints in the sand. Right? It's, it's, it's the poem. It's, it's, it's Hashem is carrying us. It's His footprints there. If we, if we, if we, allow, if we allow Hashem to... If we allow Hashem to, to help us, right? if we understand that he, does, that he helps us, so then we can overcome. With His help, we can overcome. We've spoken about this a few times before. So whenever we, whenever we overcome a challenge, whenever we're successful, whenever we do something, we have to understand that, 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 that Hashem is with us. That's what the Gemara, that's what the Gemara says. So this actually is enunciated also by the Ramchal, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutzato, in his Mesil Sisharim in chapter 2. <laughs> what happened was like this. Rabbi Chetzko Levenstein wants to say as follows. He wants to say that the Jewish people of the time, what did they do? They lost their faith in Hashem. They thought, according to Rashi, they didn't believe that the land was good. According to the Ramban, even worse, they thought that there would be no providence, from, there would be no divine providence from God. Once a person has that attitude, once a person thinks that, they are now subject to the Yitzhahara. They are not subject to the Yitzhahara. And the most ridiculous things in our perspective can happen. The most crazy things can happen from our perspective. For example, right? Even though you went this year out of Egypt, you saw miracles in front of you. All of a sudden you say the words, how will we be able to conquer this land that has giants? It, it's impossible. It's fortified. You'll say these things. You have amnesia. You forgot. The, what happened? How the the, the Mitzrayim were embarrassed? How they were how 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 it's embarrassing for them to talk even about what happened, what the situation that they encountered, of how Hashem showed His His dominion over the universe through them. You forgot about that. How could you forget? Says the Levinstein is when you take the Hashem out of the out of the equation. When you take Hashem out of the equation, then you're liable to forget these things. You're liable forget to forget even that. It's crazy as it sounds. You're liable to forget even that. We can go through, we can go through our lives. Uh, you know, we can have situations which are completely inexplicable. We can have, uh, you know, uh, anything can happen to us. I came, I came here from, uh, from Russia with my mom. I wound up in yeshiva. Right? I wound up learning Torah. I wound up being where I am. And I can just forget all about that. The next time I have to make a decision. Why? Because uh, I can forget about the fact that Hashem is involved in my life. So this can happen. This can, hap this can happen, and this is what happened to them. 
So the lesson, the lesson that we learn is that we have to always understand, right, that we don't do everything on our own. We have to always understand that we, we, that we are, that, that there, Hashem is always helping us in our lives. And with that, we will be able to be successful in the endeavors, in, in, the, in, the, in the challenges that we face. Then we will have help. Then it will be possible to overcome any circumstance. Come out to be victorious in the way Hashem wanted us to come out. That's the lesson that Amchatzko Levenstein says. He says even further. He says that these people, as the Torah tells us, these people, as the Torah tells us, were people of stature. They were the heads of their tribes. They were people of stature. How could they make such a mistake? How is it possible that they can make such a mistake? So we just explained, right? We gave the answer. But he wants to see, listen to the, listen to the, to the, to the excuse that they had. By the way, anybody wants to stop me? Please feel free. Any time, Mark. You want to stop me? Please stop me. I'm using a kumish for a second. I apologize. Is that okay? Thanks. The, the, uh, the people who were in a posi- the people, the spies who were in a position of power, were afraid of the following thing. They were afraid of the future. They were afraid of growth. They figured to themselves like this: If we go into the land of Israel, what's going to happen? Maybe our positions of power will change because now we won't be traveling through the desert, right? We won't be traveling through the desert. Is there another uh, fear too about um, they were able to stay in the desert and keep learning Torah and have to start to work? Right. It could be too. That could be also right. That could be not. But this, this, this he said this right. We could say that too. But they were afraid that they were going to change the position of power. Says of Chazkul Levinstein, he says, he says, w- w- what were they thinking? So were they going to remain in the desert forever? <laughs> Saying what, what, what was their, uh, what was their cheshbon? They were, or what? They were going to go back to Mitzrayim? Did they think that they were going to go back forever? That's what that was their, that was their idea. What, what were they, what were they thinking about? It doesn't make sense. Okay. So he says, so he says, it's because they took Hashem out of the equation, it's because they were scared, because they were afraid, like the Parsha says. Okay? They, were scared, they took Hashem out of the equation, so therefore they forgot. Mark, you, you hear what I'm saying? Okay. Is there, <coughs> yeah. Well, um, I don't know if there's a pain like this, but is there somewhere out there an idea that maybe they were afraid of becoming great? And I, for example, like I, I don't want to interpret a movie uh, into this, but uh, there's a famous movie called The Shawshank Redemption. And what happens at the end of the movie, those of you who've seen it, uh, people have been in prison their entire lives, like the Jews were slaves their entire lives, and then once they're paroled or freed, they get so scared of their freedom they, they have one example of someone, he committed suicide because he couldn't handle being free. And some people try to go back to prison, they say in the movie. So I'm saying, is they, did the Jews perhaps feel that, you know, they're getting, all of a sudden they were slaves and now they're getting everything they want and they have God's presence and they're going to be in Israel and they're going to be greater and they just got... That's kind of what Mark was saying. It's kind of a similar thing, that, they, that they, were, they, they were afraid of growth. But it's the same thing. They were afraid of the future. They were afraid of... They, 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 they started to look at themselves. 
they start to look at themselves instead of what's going to be with everybody else, right? That, that, that's what happens. So according to Reb Chetzko Levenstein, Right? They were. They, w- why did they do this? Because they all took Hashem out of the equation. When you take Hashem out of the equation, then you can do whatever you want. Right? But there's there's another perspective we can look at it also. Maybe it's the same, or maybe it's a little bit different. And that is, it says at the beginning of Parsha Shoftim, it says, right, that one is not allowed to take a bribe. It says it says in part at the beginning of Parsha Losat Mishpah Losakeponim A person should not take a bribe. Ki Hashoychad Yaver Chachamim. Because a bribe blinds the eyes of the of, of the wise and takes away righteous words, right? That's what happens with a bribe. We've mentioned this. We've mentioned this before. So here, here, the spies, the spies. What was their bribe? Their bribe was their position. You will be the one in power. It will be all about you as long as you don't make it to the land of Israel. So what happens when it's all about me? I become biased and I become blinded to I become blinded to because that's what the Torah says I become blinded to the truth I become I, 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 I lose I lose my perspective about the truth you know there's another fact the other fact is this he said if you take the Bedouins today in Israel or you take them behind the Israel, it's a bit of nothing to civilization and the reason is that on the move all the time with their flocks in front of them. What I've seen is the stability of the towns. The stability of the towns. And you have an inferiority complex when you go into a, a place like Israel today which is built up from the desert. So number one. Number two is that we are comparing ourselves to people 3,500 years ago. Those people 3,500 years were mostly ignorant people who just come out of Egypt. The miracles had had not that much effect on them. In a very short period of time, they were already building the the golden car to show you they're ready. So this God of this was a strange God to them. They hadn't really come to terms with it. They were used to idols, etc. So all this together had had an, an effect on them. That they felt that maybe... The miracles will now stop. Why, why should the miracles go on? It has gone on, but will it go on? Because in other words, for them, this small number to come and take over this land of Canaan, even though it was promised, a lot of them would be killed in a fighting. It wasn't just the fact that yeah, is the land. And in actual fact, they never really conquered the land of Israel. Only portions of of it was, was I'm sorry, I don't understand your point. Can you please just say it in, in, in short, uh, a short, in, 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 in a very short, uh, in a short thing, people from desert always have an inferiority complex of people in a city who they see is more cultured, more stable, and therefore to take them on in battle is not an easy thing. Uh, so you're saying, so, so you're saying, you're giving a reason as to why you're giving a reason as to why they behaved the way that they did is because they were Bedouins and the people in, in, in Eretz Israel were not. They right. were city folk. Exactly. And so therefore they had a mentality uh, of, of a decent people. Um, I, I, I'm not sure I understand. I don't, I'm not sure I understand. We're talking about, we're talking about the, the Jewish people who had a divine revelation just a few months before uh, where they spoke to God. Right. And God told them that he's going to take them there. 
So that has a little bit but more of an advantage still, to a better win mentality. But they're still moving. They are still moving. They are not stable. They're moving through this distance. With a pillar of fire in front of them in the dark and a, and a cloud in front of them in the daytime with constant communication from God and open miracles that are happening to them and their clothes don't wither. And they still didn't have that strong faith that they would be able to take over the land. The other thing is that the land ate up the people, right? No, okay, yeah, that's what Rashi yeah. says. Yes, it's true. Which, which means that there was an earthquake at that time. Maybe. Maybe it was something else. Possibly. That's conjecture. Correct. That's, not, it, what, that's, not, that's not what Rashi says. Might have been uh, also a problem of uh, whether once you go into this land, which is dangerous. Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that, first of all, <coughs> it, do, it doesn't seem to me likely... I hear what you're saying, and it's a good it's a good analysis. But I, I think that it, it would be unfair to give a um, a uh, anthropological, exclusively anthropological analysis of the of the of the behavior of the of the people who were going to go into the into the land of Israel, whom the rabbis refer to as the Dordea, the 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 uh, the generation of knowledge, intimate knowledge of God, to where it says in Parshas Bishalach that the Jewish people declared, this is my God and I will beautify him. And Rashi there says that they had a prophecy that was more acute and much more clear than that Yechezkel Bembuzi, that Yechezkel Hanavi had prophecy when he saw God himself and the angel. That they were able to point to God and say, this is my God. Right? So it would, be, it would be difficult for me to accept that. But be that as it may, aside from that, I have another issue to accepting the ex- explanation, and that is as follows. Because I think that the Talmud says in Tractate Shabbos, the Talmud says that, that uh, uh, I think it's page 88, or maybe 87b, maybe page 88a. The Talmud says that, that, uh, that Moshe went, when Moshe at Mount Sinai went up to, when Moshe at Mount Sinai went up to receive the Torah, the angels said that Moshe should not get the Torah. So, because he's a, he's a woman born, he doesn't deserve it, Right? So Hashem said to him, give them an answer. You should give them an answer. What do you have to say? Maybe they're right. Right? So this, this whole conversation presupposes the fact that it's possible that there would be no Torah, that the Torah would be in the heavens. What was Moshe's answer? No. Moshe's answer was, is that did you have to say a bracha when you come out of the bathroom? Do you have uh, parents that you have to honor them? Do you have, uh, it says in the Torah, it says all these things that are applicable to mankind, not applicable to you. So, you know, the Moshe's right. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? And we also know that the Medrash tells us that the, Med- that, that the Torah was created before the universe was created. What did it say in the Torah before the universe was created? <clears throat> so the answer to the question is that the word Torah means to teach. Right? Rabbi Gidal Yashor says in his uh, work, that in, in his speeches that he said in, in his yeshiva, uh, that is recorded by his students, in Parshas Chayasara, Rabbi Gidal Yashor says that everything that our forefathers did became Torah. What does that mean? That means that Torah itself is an, is, is, is an absolute truth from God. That absolute truth can take on many different clothing. The truth can be communicated in many different ways. When it, when it manifests itself in the physical world, the truth 
manifests itself in honor your parents. Do this, do that, in the, in the physical sense. We're in Torah. Right? That's the way the truth manifests itself. What does it mean, the truth? The truth that teaches us. Right? A Torah that teaches us. So that means that everything that our forefathers did, even though they did an action, which was the will of God, but once they did it, and God wrote it down, and communicated to the, to the Jewish people at Mount Sinai, that became the message of God. That became the Torah. That became the absolute truth. So when we sit here, and we read the Parsha, when we get here together every single week, and we study the Parsha, we are learning the words of God that are being communicated to us as an absolute truth, as a Torah that's teaching us something. And not just an anthropological analysis of, or the, 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 the social analysis of what, of what happened in the minds of the people that were, that, that, that were traveling through the desert. And even if that were true, still the communication that we are reading now is the communication of God that's teaching us a lesson. And the lesson is, like we said, understand yourself. Know that you have biases. Know that those biases are strong. Know that when you say something like, I'm probably biased about this, but I'll offer my opinion anyway, that you're probably biased. Right? And when you're offering your opinion, it's probably a biased opinion. Understand that God has to be in the equation of everything that you do. Because if you don't, God will leave himself out of the equation. And then your biases will ravage your soul until you don't know whether you're coming or going. doesn't matter what stature you are. You could be ahead of a tribe. doesn't matter. You'll make the mistake. Those are the lessons that we are learning. Look to see what's around you. See God's providence. See how good everything else is. Make comparisons from your past and learn about the future. Does that answer the question? Uh, one more point. Okay. We've got two motions. We've got Moses from the Bible, right? He didn't have to be told to send spies. He's, he's a general. The obvious thing for him is to send in spies. Forty years ago, we had the 67 war. Another Moshe, Moshe the Young, he didn't have to be told to send spies because they, he had to have spies because he had to know when, he, when those planes were going to come off and they could surprise it and shoot those 200 planes off before they came, came to attack Israel. So he also learned the lesson. And the lesson is knowledge. Know what's going on around you. So it's also a lesson, both, both cases. You've got to have knowledge of what you're going to do. Even with Hashem. We take it as Hashem in the equation, but you still got to have the knowledge of what's going on around you. I, that's a good point. The Ramban makes that point. He does make that point. And so now it depends on you know, how, 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 um, how we will learn the simple, the simple meaning of the text. But the motivations are still valid, though. Because Moshe, we see through the Chomish that Moshe sent spies. But the, the, in other places, you see that Yeshua sent spies into Yericho. You see that Yeshua sent spies. Right? So, so, so uh, it, it, it is normal to send the spies. I don't know exactly the, the answer. The only thing I can say about that is, that the, what's the question is, what is your motivation? You have to dig down in deep inside you and see what happens. And here the motivation was incorrect, and we see that from the result. Okay? Wait, I we're not sure if the motivation was incorrect. We see from the Torah, we see how things play themselves out, what the motivations were. Well, the Rambam does, 
says that the motivation wasn't wrong until they came back and said there's giants there, we're not going to go. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. I'm not 100% clear about that. I, I don't know how the, you know, because the Ramban uh, does agree with the Talmud, that the Talmud says, in the, like we quoted in the beginning, in 34b, that, uh, in 34b, that, uh, the, 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 that Hashem had criticism for them, uh, for, for sending spies in the beginning also. So I haven't worked that out 100%. I'm not clear as to what's meant by taking Hashem out of the equation either. Is that the, the first instance of doubt? Yeah, they have doubts that Hashem is going to help them. He said, I'm going to take you into the land of Israel. And they said, uh, the people are too strong for us. What happened to God? So as soon as you doubt, you're, you're gone. Yeah, you have to leave. is taken over. Right, right. And Hashem will help you if you help yourself, but if you understand that He is helping you. If you don't understand that, then, uh, then He's not going to help. If you leave yourself to the lack of His providence, then He will act with you as if there is no providence. How could you not have doubt? How could, how could any of us not have doubt for a second? Uh, I can have doubt, but not if Hashem comes to me and says, I will take you to the land of Israel. Not if, I, not if I'm traveling to the desert and I arrive at the borders of the land of Israel and... And, and, God, and, and, and God says to me, I'm going to take you in there. And, and the leader, his prophet, which I saw him communicate to at Mount Sinai, spoke to him and said to him, and, and, and said to him I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to take you in. Then, then, I, you know, then I have to be responsible not to have so much doubt. So the sin was having the doubt? According to, yeah. Lack of faith. Yeah, according to the Ramban, that there, that there was going to be no providence from God. I thought that was according to Rashi. No, Rashi was that there was no, no belief that, 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 that the land is good. Well, that's a doubt. No, there's two things. God says the land is good. I don't believe you. It's bad. That's one, Rashi. God says, I will fight the war for you. I don't believe that God is going to fight the war for me. The, the giants are too strong for him. That's the doubt in his providence, not in facts that he related to me. Two different things. Okay. Um, fine. Okay. So now listen to li- listen to this beautiful insight from the commentary called the Divrei Chinuch. He says like this: There's a famous there's a famous Tagam Yonas and Benaziel, the Aramaic translation of Yonas and Benaziel, and we're going to see what we're saying here a little bit in in reverse. The Tagam Yonas and Benaziel says as follows: He says that it says here that Moshe gave a blessing to Yeshua. He gave a blessing to Yeshua that he should be saved from the counsel of the, of the wicked spies. That was the blessing. So the Targum Yonas in Benaziel says that when, Hashem, when, when, when Moshe saw that Yeshua was uh, a modest person, therefore he gave him the blessing. Okay? You hear? So the question is, why did he, did, did he see? He saw that he was a modest person, therefore he gave orders after. What is Yeshua's modesty? First of all, where do we see that Yeshua is modest? And second of all, why is that a reason to give him a blessing? That's the question. Okay? You hear, Mark? That's the question. So we see that he was modest in last, in last week's Pasha. We see that there were, there were, there were two sages, Eldar Umeidad, who had, uh, Eldar Umeidad, who had a, um, who had a, uh, a prophecy. So Yoshua came running to Eldar Umeidad and they said, my master Moshe, we should put them in jail. Okay, he said, we should put them in jail. So Moshe said, why? It's good. Everybody should have prophecy. That would be nice if everyone had prophecy. Why should we put them in jail? 
So, 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 so uh, that was his response. What was the prophecy they were saying? So the rabbis tell us that the prophecy they were saying is, is that Moshe is going to die and Yeshua is going to take him to the land of Israel. That was the prophecy. Okay? Moshe is going to die and Yeshua is going to take him to the land of Israel. So Yeshua, here we see his modesty. Because Yeshua did not want to see himself in the position of power. He didn't want his master, he didn't want his master to die and him take the Jewish people into the land of Israel. So therefore he ran to his master Moshe and he said, put them in jail. Right? Because he didn't want, he was modest. He didn't want that to happen to him. Now we come to our Pasha and Moshe gives Yeshua a blessing. He says to him, you should be safe from the council of the spies. So the Targum Yonis of Yonazil says, why? Because he saw that Yoshua was modest, therefore he gave him that blessing. So why did he give him such a blessing? What does his modesty have to do with it? Because what would be the re- end result of the spies', re- spies report? If they would not go into the land of Israel. If they would not go into the land of Israel, what would happen? <coughs> Moshe wouldn't die. Right? Because Moshe was only going to die if they went into the land of Israel. And therefore Yeshua would not take over. And then Moshe, his master, would still be the master. Right? So Moshe was afraid that Yeshua's modesty was going to cause him to agree together with the spies to, to, to go in their council. You see here in reverse, Yeshua's um, modesty, his desire for righteousness would cause a bias where he would excuse himself to do the counsel of the spies to do evil and say we're saying the right thing and then not, not going to the land of Israel so that Moshe could still say the leader. You hear? So therefore Yo- Moshe saw this, he saw the modesty of Yeshua and therefore he gave him a blessing. He gave him a blessing in order to save him from this. So here we have concurrent biases that are opposed to each other. The, the, the spies didn't want to lose their position of leadership. Not good. Therefore, they weren't able to see the future. Therefore, they're going to try to prevent the land of Israel, to going into the land of Israel. Yeshua was the opposite bias. Yeshua's bias was is that he didn't want him to see himself in the, in, 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 the, in, the, in the in the position of power. He didn't want to see himself in the position of power. Therefore, he would agree with them so that they shouldn't go into the land of Israel, so that Moshe could stay in the position of power. So here we have opposite biases. I want to see myself in the position of power. I don't want to see myself in the position of power. The same result. We don't go into the land of Israel. Right? And therefore we all make the same decision. So here you see, you, here you see that, here you see that there are biases. Right? Our biases can, can drive us in either direction to come to the wrong conclusion and to make the wrong decision. So what is the lesson that we learn from all of this? The lesson that we learn from this is that we always need a different perspective. We always need a spouse to tell us, you know, the, the Torah says, lo, lo adam levado. A person should not be by himself. And I will make him an azer, a help, kinegdo, or opposite him. So sometimes a, a person's spouse is a help, and sometimes they're opposite. Sometimes we need somebody to stand opposite us to tell us, you know what, you are doing this because of this. 
You know why you were nice to this person? Because you want something from them. That's the truth. We need somebody sometimes to tell us, no, I was nice to them because you know, I feel bad for them, whatever. Right? Sometimes we, we, we don't see. The bias can be going either way, either because of our righteousness or the opposite. Sometimes we need, sometimes we need a friend to tell us how it is, a different perspective, because human beings are unable to escape their biases, escape their own desires, escape what they, what, 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 what they want that drives them deep down inside. Sometimes we need a teacher. Sometimes we need just somebody else to give us a different perspective on what we are doing. Whenever we come to uh, situations in our lives, uh, um, whether it be to have a conversation with somebody, to take on a particular job, to make some sort of decision, whenever we have to do something in our lives, it's always good to have somebody else's perspective, just to know that we are doing the right thing. That's the lesson that we learn because if not, then we can be become blinded and, uh, you know, the excuses, are, the excuses are endless. There's an endless amount of, of, uh, of ways that we, can, that we can excuse ourselves for the things that we are doing and not even realize it. Okay, just one final point before we conclude. And that is, the Ramban asks the question, similar to what, what you brought up, and that is, is that what did the spies do wrong? What did they do wrong? Moshe told them to say, Moshe told them to say, uh, whether the land is good, or whether the land is not good, whether the land is fortified, whether the land is not fortified. So they came back, and that's what they said. Right? They, what do you expect them to do? You want them to, you want them to say a lie? They said the truth. That's what they did. So the Ramban says that the Ramban says that the mistake that they made is that they offered their own opinion. They didn't give a computerized report, but they said the words that we are unable. Ephes, I think the the, the expression of the of the pasuk is Ephes ki It is the, the the nation is is too strong. The nation is too strong. Uh, they, we cannot conquer them. They offer their own opinion to color the situation with the with with, with the with the with the with the, with the color of, of fear, so that they can get their way. And then the Ramban says, if you look carefully in the text, you'll see that once they once they saw that that wasn't working, they started to change the truth a little bit because they not, for good intentions, of course. They didn't. It's not because they wanted to lie, but because they were afraid. They were seriously afraid to the situation they were going to, they were going to go into, and so therefore they, you know, they 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 changed the facts a little bit in order to get it to to, to get it properly to go their way. But Rabbi, I did not want to prescribe to the people and not report strike back to Moses. They didn't report strike back to Moses. Did not report. They spoke to the people first instead of speaking straight to Moses. Well, I think Moses was he present there. I think he was present there, no? No. Um, I don't remember from the text. I don't think that that's true. <laughs> I don't think that that's okay. true. I'm not sure. We have to look in the text. It, it would be. It doesn't seem to. So it's, no, it says here, Vayehu, they returned from spying out the land after 40 days, and they went to Moshe and to Aaron, and all to all the Jewish people. And to all the Jewish people. And they said, and they said, 
and they told them in, the, in, in everybody's presence that the land is full of milk and honey and, and, and this is its fruit then they said the words which uh, damned them basically Ephes ki az ha'am we cannot we can't we are unable to conquer them they are too strong for us they didn't just report the fact but they offered their opinion Okay, this is what I wanted to share with everyone this evening. Uh, are there any uh, questions or, or comments or anything to offer? Uh, no. You want to continue, Laura? You want to continue our conversation from last week? <laughs> we will, Mitzvah. We we'll give it time, but you, you know, when it comes to this week's parsha, you, you you can't you can't skip this. I mean, the other choice is to speak about tzitzis, which we could. What we could speak about Parsha, it also comes down to, and, and something that we all face today, and we all react the same way as, as what to say, the fear of the unknown. Right. And That's what Rari was saying. Right. Into, into us. Right. It's you like the, it's like the, the Volkswagen uh, bug uh, commercial, dare to be happy. Right. Dare to be happy. Buy the convertible. Dare to be happy. Go to the land of Israel. We were afraid to do that, perhaps. Is, is it possible that, that Hashem had, obviously every, everything is, is Hashem's doing, but that the whole sequences took place in order for him to, to say, you know, it's too, this is too easy for them to go into, into Israel. I, I need it for them to appreciate it more. I don't feel like they're at the point where they can appreciate it, so they need to spend more time. So maybe have these things, ha- all these situations happen in order for them to spend more time to really be able to appreciate it even that much more when they finally get to go. But those people did not go, though. Those no, people but, died. but it's, 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 it's a descendants, though. It's, it's, the, it's the Jewish people. Not necessarily those people, per se. The Jews in, in general. Well, if they didn't make the decision that they made, what would have happened? They would probably would be able to go right into, into Israel. And what would happen to the appreciation of their, of, what would happen to, you have to appreciate it, you have to earn it. it, would, it would, as I'm saying, it wouldn't be there. Whereas the descendants could really appreciate it. I mean, it's... So you're saying that it wasn't really a punishment, but it was a, it was an action of productivity. You know, this is a way to correct. It, 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 you know, you're showing me that you're, you're unable to, to appreciate who I am well, you don't. You don't have and to. Gifts I've already given you. Everything that you have shown so you. So you're going to so go you, through you, the you desert where you're going to depend on me for 40 years, and and then you will see it will be it will be uh, inculcated into your psychology that. Uh, so we're even talking about it today. <laughs> right. The, 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 this is who I am. Well, now that's a good. That's a good perspective. But they were waiting for that generation to die. They Right, but the, but but Evan is saying that there was a specified amount of time and they weren't going to go die out until that time was over. So he's saying that, you know, God is acting in a productive way. It's not just stama punishment, but it's, it's, it's you know, obviously you don't appreciate uh, everything that I've done for you and it's important for your growth to appreciate that, right? So therefore mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, make you go through a situation where you will lo- uh, uh, learn that appreciation. And the later generations will appreciate it as well because, mm-hmm. of, because of that. We do that to our children, right? We, we want them to appreciate uh, everything that we've done for them, so we uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we make them wash the dishes, <laughs> or whatever we do, right? Yeah, no, a hundred percent, yeah, for sure. Of course, God wants us to return. Yeah. Okay. Have a good job, everybody. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.